sharing, and so is a great story. Welcome to the Kiwi Foodcast, the show where we sit down with chefs, food businesses, food writers and more to share the stories behind the food they serve. I'm your host, Persan Patel, and this show is brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Let's dig in, everyone. Welcome again to the Kiwi Foodcast. Today on the show, we speak to Matt of Queenstown-based food tech startup First Table. First Table enables diners to grab the first table of the night at a restaurant for 50% of what they would usually pay. On the other side, restaurants get to have diners into their restaurant early, who not only act as a visual advertisement, but also set the restaurant up for a good night with sales early in the evening. Today we chat to Matt about his story and the story of First Table. We talk about what it takes to scale a food tech startup and their plans to take over the world. So without further ado, let's welcome Matt. Hi, how are you? Hi, person. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on Foodcast today. Oh, you're most welcome. So Matt, let's start at the very beginning. Um, has food always been a feature for you growing up? Look, it really has. Um, when I grew up, my grandparents had a restaurant, so um, I'd spend a lot of my time after school hanging out in the restaurant and, and helping out around the place, and that kind of really gave me those um, critical insights into how hospitality works. Oh, okay. And whereabouts was their restaurant? Was it like a local European joint? What did they do? Um, it was a um, pretty much a general all-round Kiwi restaurant in um, the metropolis of Bulls. Um, just outside of Palmerston North in the North Island. <laughs> Metropolis, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's nice. Great. So um, so you have any kind of early food memories? Did you used to help them out in the kitchen a lot? Yeah, but I would help out in the kitchen. Um, I mean, mostly it was just doing the dishes, right? Um, but, um, that's where everyone has to start out, whether you're a chef or a kitchen hand. You always start with the dishes. That's right. That's <laughs> absolutely true. <laughs> Cool. So tell us, what were you, um, I mean, what's your background and what were you doing before you started First Table? Yeah, sure. So um, I've always been into um, web technologies and and web development. So prior to First Table, I'd come down to Queenstown and and set up a web development agency. And from that, we built websites for all kinds of different clients and um, including booking systems. And we started a, um, a tourism booking system and then that was acquired by an Australian company um, but yeah those were kind of all key stepping stones towards first table and um, getting that experience of web and the web technologies and, and booking systems. Um, I find it really interesting that your startup is based out of Queenstown. I mean, uh, just taking a side a tangent, what? Because um, you know, Queenstown such a has like a transient population, so I'm very curious as to why you chose to live there full time and make your startup um, be based over there as well. Yeah. Well, I came down to Queenstown for um, for a job opportunity when I was 21, and the plan was really to stick around for a year and go snowboarding and, and enjoy something different and, and enjoy probably the transience of it um, and then move on from there. But actually um, really settled in and discovered that not everyone is transient. There are locals. Mm. And um, my family ended up living here as well. So um, that's kind of what kept me around. And then doing business in Queenstown, it's a great place to live and, and to work. So um, it's really just made it home now. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I do love it. And so there are more places to eat than Ferg's Burger, I presume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon Queenstown would have the most restaurants per per, per capita in the country. Oh, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I like just, the population um, of Queenstown is like 30,000 people. And yet we have like millions of visitors every year. So it's a small, compact city with a lot of hospitality and it's a really buzzing place. Mm. I love it. I, I love going to Queenstown. And I think anytime anyone gives me a ticket, I'll just um, happily go down there. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite place outside of Fergburger in Queenstown? Oh, um, that would be quite hard because every time I go there, I keep just <laughs> going, <laughs> going there. So I have the burger, then I go next door and have the pies. Um, yeah, there's yeah, a big bar now too. Yeah, and there's a bar. They just keep seeming to expand. So um but I need to go out there and do more of the kind of trying other stuff out. I have unfortunately just done all the touristy bits over there, I must say. Yep. Okay. Well, um, nearly every place in Queenstown is on First Table. So next time you visit, make sure you're um, discovering awesome. new restaurants with First Table. Okay, I will. <laughs> and I like the plug. So tell us, so tell us, how did you first come across the idea of First Table? I saw a restaurant. It was about um, probably about 12 years ago now, a restaurant in Queenstown, um, a little French restaurant down Beach Street that had, um, it was across two floors and downstairs was just a single dining table in view of the window and the rest of the dining room was upstairs. And this restaurant, they knew the value of having people in the restaurant from the beginning of the night. So they would do this exact thing where you'd basically ring up the restaurant and say, has anyone booked the first table on any given night? And if it was available, then you'd need to be there by 6 p.m. and they would sit you in the window seat and, and use it to show that the restaurant was open and use it to attract other diners and get them in the door and sit them upstairs. And then from my perspective, I went there a few times and it, it just really gave us an opportunity um, with half-price food to try things that we wouldn't have tried before. And there were things like frog's legs and snails on the menu that, I mean, I would never try those, but when you're dining with half-price, it gives you an opportunity to try things that you wouldn't normally try. So yeah. that's where the idea came from. I noticed that this one restaurant was doing this um, and I thought perhaps, um, I thought, well, why aren't all restaurants doing this? You know, bars have happy hours and they use that to get people in at the beginning of the night. Um, and this restaurant had come up with something that really, um, from my perspective, could really work for a lot of restaurants. Mm. And have you managed to since then have them be on first table? They were actually, um, the building that they were in was um, demolished and renovated well before I came up with the idea of first table. So oh, that's um, unfortunate. never had the opportunity to get them on board, but I'm sure that they would have loved it. Mm, yeah, definitely. And I think what you say is right. Like I had, um, I was talking to another chef on the show and he was saying that typically in New Zealand, because we dine in such a small kind of short period of time, um, you know, and it's much shorter than what it would be in like a bigger Asian city where dinner can kind of go on till about 11 o'clock. That's not really the case in New Zealand. It's a very kind of short from like kind of seven to nine and then it's all over kind of thing. So I really see the value in getting people in early in the door as well. Like it just helps to just set a good tone as well in terms of sales as well for the restaurant. Yeah, that's right. There's, um, I mean, a big thing is that empty tables don't make money. So if we can pe put people into those tables that wouldn't have been there otherwise, then that's incremental revenue from the restaurant's perspective. But also the key to the first table is it's at the beginning of the night and at the beginning of the night, 
no one people don't like going into an empty restaurant right so mm-hmm. if we have those if we have that first table or tables in um, at the beginning of the night then that just really gets restaurants nights off to the best start right yeah so I read you took off to Thailand to actually go build a first table website. Was there a reason for that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, living in Queenstown, it's a, it's a good place to live. Um, there's a lot going on, but there are a lot of distractions. And um, when I started out, we were in full, I was in full startup mode. It was um, just about building something as quickly as possible to test it. Um, while I was building first table, I wasn't making any money. So I really just wanted to knuckle down and, and get it done as quickly as possible to actually test it in market. So uh, going to Thailand was an opportunity to, um, I spent six weeks in a little hotel on the beach in Koh Samui and, um, and it was $40 a night. So it was affordable and, and, and doable. And I just spent 12 hours a day, every day building the website. And I would just basically leave the room when the cleaners came and go use the gym and then, um, and then back to it. And then in the evenings relaxed by the pool. So um, it was, yeah, it was a really good thing to do to just to get away from the distractions and really focus on building a great product and then, and then coming back to New Zealand to give it a go. Mm, definitely. Um, full marks for focus. <laughs> I agree yeah. with you. Um, often on Instagram, you'll just see these people, you know, like in Thailand, like, oh, I'm leading the startup life. But what you're doing <laughs> sound, sounds much more like hard work. So, yeah. and what it really takes to kick something off. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I had a few couple of really nice photos too. But um, behind those beautiful photos was that was a lot of hard work. Mm, okay so what's your business model like do you guys work on a commission basis with the restaurant for what is ordered or is it just the booking fee that you charge the customers yeah the great thing about first table is that we don't charge restaurants anything and i think that's really a a key part to um why first table works because we're getting restaurants to offer um, an early bird special on their first table of the night and the last thing we want to do is charge them for that so it's free for restaurants and we make our money when people pay when they people pay ten dollars to book a table and that's the money that first table earns okay yeah and i think that's certainly um like a huge win because if we talk about there's a lot of chat going on right now about you know like uber eats and the like of zomato and you know they charge big commissions which are ultimately eating up into what the restaurant's able to get. So it's all about like, yes, I get the convenience point of view, but until you've been in the restaurant industry and you know how slim the margins are, um, yeah, that commission model just doesn't seem to work. So it's great that you guys are exploring a different kind of approach. Yeah, that's right. We need to, it needs to work for the hospitality industry. That's really critical. So um, yeah, the best we can do is, is not charge restaurants and, and really make it work for them. So it makes it a lot easier for us to get restaurants on the platform when we're not charging them anything in the first place. Mm. So tell me about the early days. Like, what did you have to do to get those first restaurants convinced? Um, that was probably the trickiest part when I started out because I've got more of a tech background than a sales background. So I've spent most of my life prior to this sitting behind a computer and not having to talk to people. So, um, yeah, that was, a, that was a challenge. It was a good one. And, and I tried to get other people to do it for me before I realized that actually I'm the one that knows this business better than anyone else. Um, yeah. And for it to work, I just basically had to suck it up and, and get out there. So, um, so I went around 
restaurants in Queenstown and just walked in the door and and which is a hard thing to do um, but yeah started ticking them off and and restaurants were really interested in um, this new approach to getting people into restaurants at the beginning of the night um, so that was that was the first step and then um, it was a case of I picked up a relocation camper van in Christchurch and and um, we relocated that to Auckland and during the day I would go visit restaurants and then at night I would set them up on the platform and then drive to the next city and sleep and oh then gosh. in the morning <laughs> do, do it all over again. So it was that was really hard work. And yeah. um, but it was just one of those things that, you know, in a startup when you're doing something new, there's no one there to tell you what to do. So it was um, just a case of going, right, how am I going to do this and work really hard and, and that's paid off. Mm. And so was it only you for a really long time in the business? It was, yeah, it was um, until things grew quite slowly in the beginning. It was um, something new and people had to get their head around it and, and we had to build up a bit of brand equity, but things started growing and then um, eventually I brought on Jess, who was our first employee and she's um, still with us now. She's a superstar. She um, she did um, pretty much 10, the jobs of 10 different people um, while I was out there still building the website and getting more restaurants on board. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's built I mean, up now um, to um, we've got 22 people on the team now. Oh, wow. That's that's huge. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, what I just, two points there. One is I just love what you said around, you know, you're not being good in sales but just having to suck it up and do it because, um I really identify with that. Like when I'd had my own catering business as well, I'd just rather be in the kitchen. I like really did not want to talk to people and, you know, kind of do that hustle or negotiation yeah. part of it. But that's so important because those are the insights you get, like from when you actually go out and talk to people. And also when I think dealing with negative comments, like that always gives you that, that's the second big part of feedback that you always get. Um, so long as you take it in the right spirit. Yeah, that's right. It's important to be on the ground and, and know how everything's working and the feedback and how everyone's responding to it. And then also eventually we brought on um, a, a decent-sized decent sales team and I needed to know how to teach them what to do too. So um, every time we get a new salesperson on board, I'm always like, look, I've done this. I've walked around and visited the restaurants and this is how you say this and this is how you respond to that. And that's really key. But I think, um, yeah, as hard as it is, it's something that the more you do, the easier it becomes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And what about like the other side? Like one aspect is, of course, getting the restaurants on board. How did you get like those first visits to the website and getting people to use it? Was that hard? Um, yeah, that's hard as well. And it's we had to try a lot of things to see what worked and what doesn't work. But the great thing about Facebook and Google now is that from our Queenstown office, we can be signing up diners in any city around the world without even having to, um, it's not like the old days when you'd have to get in touch with every different radio station or TV station or magazine or newspaper to actually place advertisements. Now we can do the same thing in multiple cities and, and scale that and and repeat it and, and it's all measurable. Um, so that's great. But then, yeah, I mean, at the start to get things off the ground, we did a lot of things like um, some of the um, like barbers and, and hairdressers are really great because they've got the same, they've got clients coming in all day, every day, and, and they're talking to people about 
latest and greatest things. So um, working with those kind of people was really good and giving them some promo cards to give out to people because, yeah, that was um, that was a great start. And then also identifying too that the hospitality industry, that the staff in the hospitality are our early adopters too. They see people coming in and using First Table in their restaurant and then they want to use it too. So we're always trying to support um, people working in the hospitality industry too since they're such early adopters and what we what we're trying to achieve that's so true whenever I used to do a food event um, my main focus was <laughs> once I had my stall set up it was like what I was going to eat for the rest of the day <laughs> so I'd always scope out all the other places <laughs> yeah and they're such good customers and restaurants too because they're used to being um, you know serving people in the restaurant and then as soon as they're out dining as well they're, they're actually really great customers for restaurants yeah and I guess I mean you said I think I read in one of your blogs or what was it, but obviously being in Queenstown helped as well because that's like quite a tight-knit community, I presume. So just like it would be easier to have that word of mouth there than it would perhaps in Auckland? Yes, absolutely. If I know now that um, if I'd launched in Auckland first, then we probably wouldn't have survived um, to where we've got to now because things just grew so slowly in the beginning in Auckland and the challenge there is reaching a critical critical mass where word of mouth takes over. But in Queenstown, we were able to achieve that really early on. So Queenstown's a great test market in hindsight mm. for what we did and can certainly attribute part of our su- success to um, launching in Queenstown in the first place. Cool. So, I mean, in a tech business, it's always about scale and scaling fast. At least that's what we hear about being on the outside. So what kind of milestones um, did you set for yourself and achieve in that first year and second year? Like, um, could you speak a little bit about that in terms of your growth? Yeah, sure. Um, When I first came up with the idea for First Table, I thought, well, I could probably get 100 restaurants on in 10 cities around the country. So that was actually my initial goal um, to get 100 restaurants on the platform. But we got to that fairly quickly within the first year. Um, okay. which was exciting. And then, yeah, just really gone on from there. And then um, in the initial years, we were doubling every year, and that's um, that slowed down a little bit at the moment with um, with the challenges in the world at the moment. But, mm. yeah. And how did it feel when you, like, first launched in your first city outside of New Zealand? Like, for many Kiwi startups, that's often, like, kind of the big mountain to conquer, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, it's really exciting launching in another country. We got to that 100 restaurants um, point in New Zealand. And then, yeah, within the first 12 months of, of starting First Table, we were opening up in Sydney um, via some friends that used to live in Queenstown. So really exciting launching in Sydney. And um, and then I was kind of like, you know, like, are we a multinational company now being in New Zealand and Australia? <laughs> I don't yeah. know if it counts just being in two countries, but um, but hey, the really exciting thing was probably when we launched in the UK, um, mm. and that's quite a good story. That was um, a few years ago now, but there was um, we had heard through some friends that someone from that had been living in Queenstown was moving back home to the UK to um, launch basically a copy of First Table. So um, we heard about that and we're like, oh, what are we going to do? Like it's, um, it's never really nice hearing that someone's copying your business. Um, yeah. So we talked about it in the team and, and I thought, well, how about I just go there 
and we launched first table in, in the same city as them and then um, just compete with them head on. And yeah, the team, my team was really supportive of that idea. So the next day I booked my flights and then um, a week later, I was on the plane to um, London and from London jumped on a bus to Bristol. And in Bristol, I got put in touch with a another bloke who um, is Elliot, who's uh, still with us now. He um, he used to live in Queenstown as well. So he had, he'd moved home to Bristol and um, and had a good sales background. So got in touch with him and then trained him up and we went around all of the restaurants in Bristol and, and got them on board and then and the people that were copying us, we would see that they were signing up restaurants too. And then they'd post on Facebook every time they signed one up and would go, would go sign that <laughs> one up as well. And then, and then they posted on Facebook saying, right, we're launching on this date. And then mm-hmm. I thought, wow, like we were, we were doing it as quickly as we could. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, right, guys, we're going to we're gonna have to launch one day before them. And it was actually on my flight home from um, the UK back to Queenstown. And I had an overnight in Auckland and stayed up all night just getting the website ready to go and all the restaurants ready to go. And, yeah, we achieved it. We managed to launch one day before um, these guys competing with us did. Um, And that was really amazing. And that got us into the UK a lot earlier than what we had actually planned. So putting us under pressure kind of actually made us achieve something that we wouldn't have have achieved otherwise. And now – now we're operating all across the UK and Ireland, um, oh. and the people that went over there um, closed their website down a, a few months ago. So, um, oh, nothing like a healthy bit of competition. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, I mean, now being in the UK, that's um, that's really exciting. And then since then, we've also launched in Bali and Canada. So now we've now we really feel like a multinational company. Oh, definitely. Um, do you feel like? Now that it's been kind of like the five, six year mark, you can kind of take your foot off the pedal or as a tech startup, it's always like the pressure is always there to keep scaling and keep getting bigger and bigger. Um, I don't think think there's any pressure um, to do it, but we certainly don't lack any motivation for continual growth. We've got 1,400 restaurants on the platform at the moment in 50 cities, but we do have a goal of being in the world's top 100 cities. Um, with many more restaurants than I've got on the platform at the moment. So um, there's certainly a lot of motivation there. Um, just moved into a new office in Queenstown and, um, and yeah, we've got room to grow and we're bringing on more staff and, and planning which cities we're going to expand and, and, yeah, everything's going great. That sounds awesome. And if you think about expanding into Mumbai, let me know. Because We've one of the biggest challenges. <laughs> oh, you do? Because yeah. when, when I moved there, one of my biggest challenges was having lived in New Zealand for so long, I always just wanted to have my dinner by like 6.37. <laughs> and no one in India, like I don't think even the restaurant's cooks come in like they come in right. around six o'clock yeah. so you can never go there to have food really early but uh, so i think your concept would be great i can yeah so Mumbai <laughs> is definitely on the list for cities for us to launch in so um we'll have to have another chat about that sometime and you can give me some insights yeah definitely um 
I think another thing is it's so great to see so many like New Zealand based food, um, food tech startups kind of coexisting in the same space. Like I recently had Foodprint on the show and they do something obviously, which is much more different than you. But again, they have such a great win-win concept as well. Um, can you talk a little bit about how the food tech industry in New Zealand is kind of evolving or, you know, what other support do you think is required that you would have benefited from when you launched? Sure. There are a couple of food tech companies in Queenstown that we work quite closely with. One is Chomp, and they are um, digital food safety for restaurants. And the other one is Loaded, which um, helps out restaurants with analyzing their data. Okay. Um, so we work quite closely with those guys, and it's great just sharing those insights into how we can all help out the hospitality industry. Um, as far as support, We've worked a lot with Callaghan Innovation and New Zealand Trade and Enterprise, and they're both um, government organizations that are there to support startups. Callaghan's on the R&D innovation side, and New Zealand Trade and Enterprise are helping um, Kiwi companies export around the world. So um, for yeah, for anyone working in tech, these uh, two agencies that are really critical to um, to getting going. Okay. You're the second person I've spoken to that's talked about Callahan Innovation. So we're going to have to get them onto the show as well and talk about the work that they do. Um, but yeah, I know I'm sure that, love um, it. Yeah, they, they do some amazing work. I mean, just be, having been on their website and seeing what they're doing with the food bowl and things like that. Yeah. I mean, once um, companies are ready to expand outside of New Zealand, then that's where New Zealand Trade and Enterprise come in. And they help us in market. So, for example, we have um, our sales team in, in London and Vancouver and Sydney, and they work with local New Zealand trade and enterprise employees in those countries, which is amazing to have that support. Um, really fortunate in New Zealand to have those government agency agencies there to, to help. Yeah. Now, I think that's, that is amazing, and that's another great part about being in New Zealand because um, – I know I recently set up my company and I like went onto the website and put in a name and then paid the money and was done. And that is so much more different than <laughs> trying to do something in India where I think it took me like oh, 45 days just to figure out what I actually had to do. <laughs> so oh, wow. um, yeah. yeah, it's great to have that kind of government agency support with you at every step of the way and it not be like a hurdle that you need to cross. Absolutely. Mm. So tell me, um, how has life been this year with all the problems around uh, what's going on in the world? Did you guys choose to pivot in any way or have you just kind of taken this time to hunker down and get a lot of work done? Um, a bit of both, really. Um, yeah, it's been a challenge, but I think it's been a, the, the biggest challenge is actually for the hospitality industry. So, um, yeah, I mean, one thing that I'm really proud of is that we've managed to retain all of our team and and that's been quite important um, for a couple of reasons. One is that I really care about our team. It's kind of like a big family now. Um, but the other reason is that we believe that First Table has an important role to in helping rebuild the hospitality industry. Um, we've got over 500,000 diners on our platform and, and we've got the power to influence them to start dining out again. So, um, so retaining the team has been quite important to make sure that we can actually achieve and deliver on that. Um, during this time, we've managed to rebuild our website into something that's a lot more user-friendly, a lot more um, features for 
enabling people to, to discover new restaurants. And then also we built First Eats, which is a community project that helps um, restaurants and cafes list their preferred channels for takeaway and, and delivery and online ordering. So that's kind of just getting around, you know, like the high commission platforms and encouraging people to um, either order direct or on low commission platforms. Okay, that's, that's really amazing. successful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I believe on your LinkedIn, you'd said you guys are launching something called Hospital Lifeline. So what what's that exactly? Yeah, that's right. Hospital Lifeline is running at the moment. And that's a competition. Um, and the goal there is, well, it's a competition for restaurants and cafes and eateries. Um, we've got a prize package worth $26,000 that one one eatery is going to win. And really the goal is to raise awareness of the challenges that hospitality workers are facing um, with all of the disruptions caused by COVID. It is a challenge. So that's our goal is, is to raise awareness. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Mm. So um, what are your plans for the next five years? Um, we'll keep on doing First Table. And um, like I said earlier, we've got the a plan of being in the world's top 100 cities. So, um, and and there are some big cities when you think about cities like Mumbai. So, um, yeah, we've got a lot of work ahead of us and um, we'll continue to innovate on our platform and make sure that we're always delivering a win-win for restaurants and diners. And, yeah, just keep on marching on. Cool. And you probably get this question a lot, but is an app on the way? <laughs> it is. Yes, it's very ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time, but, um, yeah, we want it to be perfect. I think I think if you're a tech startup, you get asked that question about like one month after you launch, like is an app on the way? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely. We're a little oh, bit behind awesome. the times on the app, but it's um, it's nearly there. Oh, great, great. Well, I wish you guys all the very best. I think you guys are doing some amazing work. Um, I've certainly used First Table a lot for, I've used it about two or three times for my family. And um, I love kind of finding new places to eat at. So that's really helped, um, you know, just kind of discover some nice and interesting place that I could go to beyond the kind of usual stuff we'd end up going at. So that's the reason I use First Table. Yeah, great. Thank you. That's, um, yeah, that's really good to hear. Cool. Now, before I let you go, we've got one last um, section that we need to do, which is called the Fast Food Five. So yep. that's five surprise questions I ask you about food. So you ready? Yes. Okay. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Favorite meal of the day? Dinner. Okay. Yes. Obviously, because you're doing for is it because it's our first table or because oh, you like first dinner? Table, first table does breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but dinner is really the opportunity to, you know, it's the end of the day. You've got time to sit down and relax. And when you're dining at a restaurant, it's um, it's the whole hospitality experience of, um, of you know, exploring a, a menu that's been designed for you to enjoy and trying yeah. things that you wouldn't normally try and, and matching that with beer and wine. And, and that's what I love about hospitality. Mm. Okay. Favorite restaurant in Queenstown outside Who's of Fergus? <laughs> Favorite? It's a, um, it's a Polynesian fusion restaurant on Church Street. And yeah, the food's amazing. I definitely recommend Blue Canoe. Okay. Awesome. I'll add it to my list. Okay. All right. Um, one thing that's always in your pantry at home. Oh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we do like to use first table um, and yeah, we enjoy dining out. So um, the pantry does stay quite empty at home. 
Okay. I've been cool. a sort of, um, yeah, being in the um, hospital tech industry. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you had to describe yourself as an item of food, which one would you be and why? Hmm. Um, I think I'd be a pizza. Hmm. And why is that? Because mm. pizzas are so versatile. They've got like, you know, little bits of everything on it. And um, I think in, in the role that I'm playing in first table is, is to be good at everything. So, um, yeah, bit of a mixture. Mm, okay. Yeah, and always tastes nice. So there you, you've got that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And favorite place in the world to dine out? Um... I think I've had the some of my best dining experience have been in Sao Paulo in Brazil. Okay. It's a um, it's a big city, right? So one of the biggest cities in the world, and um, and they call it the New York of South America. So um, yeah, the restaurants there are top class, and um, we've had some amazing experiences there. And my girlfriend is Brazilian, so um, we've had plenty of times and opportunities to visit Sao Paulo over the years. Okay, awesome. Well, that sounds good, and I must make my way there. I've been in, um, I've lived in the New York of India, but maybe I'll go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for coming on uh, on the show. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, and I wish you all the best for the future. Thank you, and I wish you all the best for the future too. Listening to the Kiwi Foodcast, brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Be sure to listen in next time for another helping of Kiwi food stories.